Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. Happy Memorial Day to everyone. Our friend Jeff Erickson, co founder of RotoWire, and our favorite baseball analytics guy is going to join the program in 30 minutes. Some day action today being the holiday, and we'll talk about all the weekend happenings in baseball and some of the future markets as Jeff sees them. Big game tonight in Carolina, Game 7. The second Game 7 in these NHL playoffs for both of these teams, the Rangers and the Hurricanes, both prevailed in Round 1. Only one can prevail tonight. We'll get them all of my thoughts on that big matchup and who will face Tampa Bay in the Eastern Conference Finals. And we know our NBA Finals now, Amal, and let's start there. In South Florida last night, the series, the Eastern Conference Finals, which featured so many dominant opening first quarters, had another one last night. Boston delivered an early punch, took a lead. Miami made it close in the second half, but the Seas held on for the road victory, and they're on to the finals against Golden State. Yeah, a furious effort by Miami to come back, and I thought Jimmy Butler got a great look. Um, By the way, I was going through the play-by-play on ESPN.com. They said it's a 29-footer. I want to know what it is when a guy's foot is touching the line. Is that a 27-footer? I guess. I mean, he. I, I would have thought we needed to go to replay if he made the shot to see if it was a three or two. It was that close to the line. But uh, give Boston credit. They hold on on the road in a tough situation. But I thought Miami really fought back valiantly. Just fell behind too much early in that game. But some great in-game opportunities there. Could have gotten Miami plus 10.5, 11.5. It uh, just didn't feel like a game Boston win, win by a strong number. You know, I thought the halftime line was good. Uh, Boston was laying, uh, it was a pick and price, and so you were getting Miami plus six. It felt like, to me, it was going to be a one-possession game, which it really was at the end. Heroic effort by Jimmy Butler on uh, Friday night, which vanquished my Celtics in six ticket as the Heat won on the road in an impressive performance. Well, I tell you what, you know, Butler played well. It was the fact that uh, Kyle Lowry, who would have thought an 85% free throw shooter had missed three in the first half, uh, they struggled from the free throw line. They couldn't knock down a shot. Tyler Hero really, even the one missed shot attempt he had, you, you thought, hey, we don't really need you in this game, buddy. You can't help us out right now. And not as a criticism of him, but just due to injury. Um, I thought, though, Boston, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown were terrific. These guys really two superstars for this young team. Uh, and this should be a terrific finals matchup. But what I'm looking most forward to is how often after every missed shot is Draymond Green going to complain to the officials? Maybe there should be a prop bet on that. Tough to define. You can't. It would have yeah, to be. And not only that, though, you already know it's going to happen on every play. Maybe how many technicals for the series, Andre? Well, no, they're never going to give him two per game. They're too no, scared. For the series. For the series. That's maybe fair. Maybe two yeah. and a half for the series. Yeah. You know, he's going to get one in every, it feels like every game. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> oh, no, we can't. He can shoot somebody. Well, let's see. We're not sure if we have evidence. The, the uh, NBA finals will resume sometime in the fall or, or, or Thursday, I guess, of all. I don't have a problem with the Thursday, but then why are they going three days in between when you're at Golden State? Play Saturday night, then play in Boston Tuesday, Thursday. They always want the Sunday game. You notice the NBA, they don't want to be on Saturday against people generally doing things outdoors and with their families. They try to isolate it on Sunday where they can get higher ratings. Let's talk about the finals matchup. Warriors against the Celtics. We saw the preview of this when after game five in the East when the Celtics were going home to close it out, and some look-aheads had Warriors 
as low as 130. Today, looking in the markets, we see Warriors for the series around $1.40 to $1.50 a mall. Get back 120, 130 on the Celtics. Your thoughts on the series price first? I think it's a little bit high. I think the way Boston defends, boy, might they really make it tough. You know, I, I tell you, I was really impressed. And this is obviously on the Miami side, Victor Oladipo's defense throughout this series at times. Remember, he's been an all-NBA defensive player. But you look at this Boston team, they hang their hat on it. I, I love the coaching job that Udoka's done for this team. I love his disposition as a leader. I think he really um, just kind of keeps an even keel. And this team is in a great position. Mike, I, I feel like Boston's got a great shot um, to win this thing. I think it'll be about six games because... To me, the way they will defend Steph and their ability to switch on everything, it's going to make it really challenging. This should be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a really good series. Game one uh, in San Francisco on Thursday night sees the Warriors as a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Total a mall of 211.5. Yeah, that that number seems a bit optimistic. And the reason I say that on the total, I think Mm -hmm. the the line is right where it should be. Because if the higher the scoring the game is, I think it favors Golden State uh, immensely. But the lower scoring the game is, I think that bodes well for the Boston Celtics. They built their team on defense in this postseason against Miami. I think that we'll see a similar effort. They won game seven in Miami. I think it's about as tough as a scenario as they could face as potentially having to win a game seven in, in San Francisco. This team is really in good shape. First time a Smolster team has lost game seven at home. We're 4-0 and previous to last yeah. night. Uh, talk about... From a series spread perspective, Amal, where you can bet it based on the number of games, you favor the Celtics slightly at that price, plus 130. Uh, Celtics Celtics plus a game and a half, minus 210, so they could force a game seven. If they won all their home games, that would happen. Warriors minus a game and a half in six or or less, plus 165. In six or less? Yeah. So Celtics to take it to six or more, yeah. you know what I mean? Take to seven yeah. or win minus two ten, plus a game and a half. Warriors minus a game and a half plus one sixty five. Hold on, you confused me there. Then you said right. to take it to a game six, it's game seven. Oh, game, game seven. seven. No, yeah. then you'd have you if you like the Warriors, then you bet the Warriors there to finish in six or less. Generally speaking, if you look at it historically, game series don't go seven games. Um, I, I think six is generally your key number there. I, I, if you got in, including game six, then I would say if you like Golden State, it's a good play. Okay. Finals MVP. Steph Curry is your favorite, plus a dollar ten. Jason Tatum plus one seventy. Your guy Jalen Brown, eleven to one. Clay is fifteen to one. Draymond eighteen to one. Wiggins twenty-five to one. Jordan Poole thirty-five to one. Marcus Smart forty-five to one. I'll tell you what, I would look at anybody aside from Steph Curry in this one. Uh Tatum's not a bad play for Boston, but I think with Golden State, there are so many other guys that are capable because if you are the Boston Celtics defensively, if you can negate with a guy like Marcus Smart, uh, Steph Curry, when I say negate, not allow him to have a 35-point game. He ends up with 24, 25, type, something like that. I think you got a great shot to really slow down Steph, and then you have someone else beat you. I'm not saying you win the series, but then I think a Poole, a Wiggins, and, of course, Clay are all capable of having terrific series. And Clay, you know, if he gets hot, he's very capable of having 30-plus-point games um, but he would have to be consistent over, say, four games out of six. All right, let's move on. Let's talk some French Open here. All right. Uh, and we saw Iga Sviatek, yeah, who had only dropped one of her last fifty-one sets, up five-two in the first. Wow. Dropped that. Dropped the first set to to this nineteen-year-old Chinese girl. This girl had only won eight matches in her life prior to the French Open, by the way. 
and she's won three here in France. She beats Tegan in the, in the tiebreaker 7-5, but since then, six loves Fiatek in the second, and she's up 3-1 and has a break point here in the third. Yeah, it doesn't come as much that much of a surprise. Look, I'll be honest with you. I've seen Zeng play a few times before. I don't think she's particularly good. I was actually surprised she got a set off of Shvitek. Um, But, you know, look, Iga's very good, but nobody wants to call out what it is. The best player in the world is no, no longer playing, and she just retired three months ago. And trust me right Bash now. Party. If Ash Barty were playing, she'd be the favorite here. Second, all the great players in tennis on the women's side are all 30 and over dealing with injuries. They're no longer in their prime. Petra Kvitova, Simona Halep, Igish Fiat, uh, excuse me, uh, Victoria Azarenka, Serena Williams. These are all multiple Grand Slam winners that are no longer at that high level of competition. You have a glut of average players in between, the Ariana Sabalenka's, the Annette Contevates, that can't put together seven consecutive good matches. From this women's side perspective here, assuming... Uh... And she still has the break point up 3-1 in the third. Iga mm -hmm. advances here yeah. today. I have the ticket at 2-1. to one. Okay. It's like pretty significant, 2,000 yeah. at 2-1 to one yeah. that I bet uh, a month before the tournament. Mm -hmm. Going into today, before the matches started this morning at 2 a.m. Pacific time, I could have taken the field versus her at plus 240. Yeah. I'm not ready to take that yet. Well, that's fair. That's fine. I mean, you know, it depends on how you see it. But I'm going to tell you right now, I took Sloan Stevens before yesterday's matches at 40-1. to one. Mm hmm and Sloan, again, wins 12 consecutive games against Teichman, loses the first two yep. games and absolutely crushes her, loses three points in the second set. Sloan's been a French Open runner-up. She's got the ability, the talent, and the, the speed to run down everything. She's the fourth choice right now, 16-1. to one. you got some good value going from 40 to 16. Coco Goff, 9-1. to one. I'd need 90-1 to one on that price. I, I wouldn't go that far, but I tend to agree with you. Look, I'm not as high on Coco as I am some of the other players. I like Sloan at the plus price against her tomorrow or you know on the overnight mm -hmm. over here. Look, she's a very good player. We'll see how she progresses throughout her career. But Sloan's a proven commodity here on the clay. She, this is her most, now, she won a Grand Slam at the U.S. Open, but she's had the most overall career success at the French Open. Tell me about this girl. I don't know her. Katsakina? She's been Dar Daria Kasakina. Yeah. Kasakina's she's been very good in this tournament. Yeah, Russian player, yeah. very solid. Here's the problem with Kasakina. She is she doesn't have any power. Mm. You know, when you look at a, a player like her, she's she is to her credit, she's an elite level just tennis player in terms of neutral ball rallies and rallying. But when you go up against elite players like a let, let's say a, a Schweitek or a Sloan or one of these players who can do it all from a power standpoint, She's going to need you to make a few mistakes along the way for her to win. But give her credit. She took care of Georgie 6-2-6-2 today. Tomorrow morning uh, in one of the men's quarterfinals, it's the Joker against Rafa. And boy, did FAA make Rafa earn that one. That, I don't know if Felix could have played any better. Felix played great if you watched the match in Rome against Novak. And uh, I'll tell you what, I knew Felix had turned a corner. And he, he looked really good. You know, I didn't take him. I wish I had yesterday. He was like plus like 2,000 or 2,500 in the match after being down two sets to one. And then all of a sudden, it was Rafa minus like three and a quarter in the fifth set. Uh, Joker, $2 favorite over Rafa, right, Price? Novak. Two, yeah. It should be 250 You will yeah. lay the 210 I, I will, yes. Okay. The VSEN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you get everything VSEN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VSEN.com. 
and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily Major League Baseball best bets, Jonathan Van Tobel on the NBA Finals, and Andy McNeil on the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. You get the full 24-7 video access, point spread weekly, and the daily best bets email. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. When we come back, I'll ask him all if he's seen anything in the first six games that will tell him the Rangers can win on the road tonight. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 Challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free <laughs> nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at ZYN.com slash 10. That's ZYN.com slash 10. Zen Nicotine Pouches are only for adults 21 plus who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine, which is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. Happy Memorial Day to everyone. 15 minutes from now, our buddy Jeff Erickson from Rotowire will be on to discuss all Major League Baseball. A couple early games. The first game of a doubleheader in Chicago. Brewers and Cubs. The Brewers were out to a one nothing lead. And the Twins up 3-1 in the bottom of the fourth here in an early game at Comerica against the Tigers. Let's switch our attention, Amal, to Raleigh. All eyes will be on Raleigh tonight for Game 7. It's never happened before that a team has played their entire first two rounds, winning every home game and losing every road game. So far, Carolina has done that. Seven wins at home, six losses on the road, and they face a home game seven against the New York Rangers tonight. Price here, around $1.50 on the Hurricanes with a total five and a half. Are you surprised by the price or the total? Five in some spots. I still see five and a halves in others. I've seen five and a half in a lot of places. Uh Um, by the price of the game, minus 145, yeah, 120, I am not. You're not. You don't no. think they should be a heavier favorite here tonight. I do not. The uh, I, believe... I say this because they're a $1.90 favorite for the series, and they have game seven at home, and I... there's that much of a 45-cent variance on that game. I don't know who's putting up that line, but... I'm just saying, <laughs> no, from I, a series I, price perspective. Well, at this point, the series price should be what game seven is. Yeah. I mean... It, well, it I... is, but I'm just saying, pre-flop, they were $1.90 to beat the Rangers. They went four and three, oh, all I, wins. I'm, sure. okay, yeah, I'm just you. surprised I'm sure. it's 45 cents started. difference yeah. from what that line was. Well, maybe the preflop line wasn't right. The Well, maybe, but the, but the thing is... Uh, I told you if the Rangers lose this series, you go back to game one. You're up one yeah, nothing with course. two and a half minutes. No question. I mean, they had the no series question. right there. Absolutely right. But I think they're going to win this game. You do? Yeah. I told you they were going to... I told you at plus 320 if the other night they're going to win the ticket, series. If you had my ticket... Yeah. Three hundred dollars at twenty six to one on the Rangers to win the cup. What do you do with tonight's game? You just let it go, or do you? Are you no, I would bet, bet the other, I, would, I would bet the other side to win three hundred. Okay, you know, I just it was one fifty. I, I, I yeah, said four fifty on the other side. I had one fifty, is what I saw. Yeah, so I would take the other side for four fifty. Mm-hmm. That's a, for me. It's a pretty simple play there, but I did it for six hundred. Yeah, so you make to, a little profit. Make 100 exactly. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly <laughs> what you should do. Um, I think the Rangers. If you look at this series have been the better team overall. Look, the games in New York haven't been close. No. Carolina has won tight, low-scoring games. They did manage to score three goals in game number five at home. 
But that was on a shorty and a power play. If the Rangers stay out of the box, they're the better five-on-five team. They've got the better goaltender. Uh, look, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to criticize Ronta for game six. I thought it was like in sports, you just have a bad game in life. People have a bad day, whatever, in their work. And I thought Ronta just had a rough day that day. And I thought Brendan Moore made a great decision, made the goaltender change, came out and said immediately he'll be starting game seven. No qualms there. He'll play better. Um, I've got a play on this game. It's a little bit interesting, and I'll get into it later on as to why I took what I took. Um, but it's at a higher price. Let's talk about the Western Conference final. Uh, last minute, Colorado gets it done against St. Louis Friday night to advance in that series as I thought they would have. Uh, and now they will host the Edmonton Oilers in the Western Conference final. Somebody asked me what I thought the price on this series should be. I said it's got to be 270 or 280. Comes back 250, pretty close to that. Get back $2 on the Oilers. Your thought on the series price, Amal? I got to lean towards Edmonton here, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring series. I would look at game one over six and a half goals. You've got, in my opinion, with McKinnon on the other side, the guy who's in the top five players in the world. You've got an elite-level team, Landis Gog and company. Um, I think the goaltenders are solid, uh, not great offensively. You've got, on the other side, another top-five player in Dreisaitl. And then you've got the best player in the world, and really nobody's even close. I know Austin Matthews is great, but nobody's close to 97. And I, I like the way they're playing. I think we're going to have a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be tough to hold either side to two goals in game number one, Mike. I think both teams get to three goals, and I think it gets over the six and a half. I'm surprised it's six and a half. You would have made it seven. I make it seven, and I let agree. the public tell me where to go with it. Well, not only that, the other thing is seven doesn't... Look, if they get to seven... As an odds maker, I'm just saying from my perspective, I think you're pushing it worse. Mm-hmm. I, I this feels like it's going to be over now. If it doesn't get there, it doesn't get there. But some of those losses, I, I'm just willing to live with. I just I think going into this, it's hard for me to see Mike Smith keeping Colorado to two goals a game. Well, first of all, they just pepper you with shots. Uh-huh. And Edmonton is more than content to play with an up-tempo type of game. You've got elite skaters across the board in this one. You've got elite offensive talent. This should be a fun, fun series. You know, a guy we're not even talking about that's played extremely well is Evander Kane. You talk about a resurgence in Edmonton and what he's done in this postseason. It's, uh, it's surprising how much of a calming influence he's been with all his off-the-ice troubles. Yeah. He's come in there, played well, had some huge goals for them, and really stayed out of any, any sort of issues. Absolutely right. And real quick, a line of DraftKings now at 7, under minus 130. I that think def- that's the right that, price. That's exactly I would agree with you. You know, getting back to Kane, mm-hmm. um, sometimes going from a bigger market, not that San Jose is a huge market, but you're still in the Bay Area, uh, and then going to a place like Edmonton where you don't get a ton of coverage, especially stateside, I think it benefits you. You're able to hide. And then you're, one other thing playing on the Oilers is you always know the focal point's going to be uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl. So it allows him to flourish, and he really has done a great job. You have to give him a ton of credit for some of the off-ice uh, challenges he's had and the way he's played. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, game one, $1, as we said, 7 Price on Colorado, $1.75, plus $1.35 on the puck line. Aren't you surprised by this price on the Avalanche? 100 points off the, the series total, a whole dollar. Well, the other thing is, against St. Louis, every time they'd be like 210, 220. They started so- at that and went up. And St. Louis has the better goaltending than uh, yeah. than Edmonton. Even with Bennington in that, that was the price. Yeah, and I don't know. I think I didn't realize the price was this cheap on on the uh, Lance here. I, I would be looking at the Avalanche in Game One. Uh, would you look at from a, a games perspective or an exact result perspective? Would you look at the Avalanche in six at plus three eighty, Avalanche in five at plus three thirty, or do you think it's a longer series? No, but I think you can. I I think the five and six are good bets mm-hmm. because I think you could wind up with either one. And you can bet both and make a slight profit if you're so inclined to do so. I don't think they get a sweep. 
What, do you have a sweet price by chance? Because uh, I think that's not off. It's not listed here. Okay. It starts I, at five. Well, yeah, it's probably going to be probably. Oh, six, no, I do. 650. 50, I'm sorry. Yeah. Bird's always great at having all that detail there. Yeah. 650. I, I, I'm in not. No particular. No, no, no. The, it's the, the order uh, price. <laughs> um, it, I'm not surprised, though, because when you look at it, I, Mike, I'm telling you, I think Colorado is very capable of finishing this thing off in four. I don't know if they do, but I think they're very capable. It'll just be a higher scoring game. Top goal scorer in series. This should be interesting. Co-favorites. Who are the co-favorites? I bet you don't get it right. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with McDavid and Drysaddle. Yeah, that's right. And then <laughs> plus four seventy-five. But now next, next, second choice, co-second choice. Well, third choice at plus five fifty. Who's that? Uh well, it have to be. Uh, I don't know who the co-favorite is, but I, I would have to say uh, Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, and who's the other one? I don't know. Rantanen. Oh, okay, Rantanen. So they I go two Oilers. Two, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then yeah. uh, Landeslaw's uh, the fifth choice at six fifty. Evander Kane eight to one. Kadri eleven to one. Hyman fourteen to one. Chuskin sixteen to one. Uh, right now, championship odds: Avalanche plus one twenty, Lightning plus two forty. I like the Lightning. Do you think the Lightning are favored over the Hurricanes if that's the Eastern Conference Final? I do People not. have been debating that. I said no. No, they're not because they're on the road and yeah. the, how well they've played. You have to give a team credit that's played 8-0 hockey at home because that's what they would be if they advanced tonight. Um, God, I can't wait for this game tonight. But The Florida Panthers were favored in Game 3 at, uh, at Amelie. Just remember that. <laughs> Just remember, they're the Florida <laughs> Panthers. They should not be favored if we had a team from Beeson fielding a hockey team. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Rob uh, cheers from back there. Rob, Rob's, Rob's been a key ice time guy in South Florida, man. Uh, Iga Sviatek with the double match point here. It's, it's over. over. She wins uh, in two sets to move on. Tigers rally. They tie that game 3-3, headed to the fifth. And Brewers lead the or Cubs lead the Brewers 2-1, top four. Do you have any early action in baseball? I, I did not. And I'll tell you, I'm really disappointed when I got in here. Rob and I were talking because Rob's become an avid tennis guy. He mm -hmm. said Iga was minus 130 after the first set. Mike, I was sick I to never, my stomach. I never saw that. I, he said it jumped up to like 170. I'm sorry, it was 170 and it jumped up to $3 real quick on the service game. Yeah, because she got the first two, two points off, yeah, uh, yeah. off of the Chinese girl's serve and it went right to 350. Yeah. yeah. But I, I still thought at that price you could take a shot with her. I didn't think she was going to lose. Yeah. Um, Novak advances, advances against Rafa. Mm -hmm. Who do you see coming out of the other side of the draw? No, Cece Puss now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, great video on YouTube. Check it out. Daniil Medvedev and uh, Cece Puss, Stefanos. But. Um, I think Zverev. He's very capable on clay. Still a big-time server. He can do it all. Um, I'm telling you right now, this is a real disappointment the way they do the draws at these Grand Slams. How can it be? It's, for, for people that don't know, it's put into a pool and it's drawn out randomly. Well, Nadal's out. a fifth seed. I mean... But it's not even done by seeding, right? Because sometimes you wind yeah. up with a one playing a 30 in the first round. Can't you put the top four all in different quadrants? I, that's and what then I let think it go, go the rest of the way go I, as it is? I would agree with you. And here's the issue. The Grand Slam final is the semifinal between Alcarez mm -hmm. and Novak. How about Novak? He has to beat Naval and Alcarez just to get to the final. Yeah, what know. kind of draw is that for the world's number one? I, huh? Come on. <laughs> the guy's only been number one in the world for seven years. Real quick, who's the best returner of serve of all time? Nadal or Joker? Not even close. By the way, Agassi would be number two. Novak is number one. Not even close. The numbers say Rafa. All right, when we come <laughs> back, our buddy Jeff Erickson from Rotowire. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Check out VEASAN's Best Bets podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24-7 stream of VEASAN experts tracking line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from sportsbooks in Vegas and across the country. Download the VEASAN Best Bets podcast now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. And it's our pleasure to bring in on Monday, Jeff Erickson, co-founder of Rotowire and our favorite baseball analytics betting analyst, better guru, however you want to say it. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, happy Memorial Day. Uh, lots of baseball on tap. Already watching uh, like Ethan Small making his debut. Good day. Well, I'm focused on uh, King Kong Bundy in Detroit. <laughs> but uh, I want to ask about uh, a matchup tonight in, in the West, the Astros at the A's, and Paul Blackburn. I mean, the guy has been terrific so far this year. Uh, Jeff, really not a bad start going against Framber Valdez. I'm taking a look here at the total of seven in a night game in Oakland. Or an yeah, af- uh, afternoon game, I'm sorry, in Oakland. Yeah, 107 local yeah. time out here in California. Um, no Kyle Tucker again, and he's missed the last two days with a foot injury. There, there is some hope he'd return this week. I know those of us in fantasy leagues with weekly moves are just really gnashing our teeth on that because you're just waiting to see if he's going to play or not. And he's not in the lineup, so that's bad news, especially because he's been getting a lot of uh, stolen bases lately. Blackburn's an interesting decision. In the fantasy world, we, he, Blackburn has what we like to call a two-step. Two, good, two starts this week, but they're horrible starts. Houston and Boston. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really want either of those two starts. So. Uh, Blackburn's really been uh, doing a great job this year. He's changed his repertoire. He, he's a much better pitcher, I, but I think I'm fading him this week. I benched him in the league and mm. finding guys with two starts in a week is gold usually. And a good pitcher at that. I just hate the matchups. I'm going to play the matchups instead of the recency bias in this one. Jeff, I want to go to a team in progress right now. The Minnesota twins, uh, three, three middle of the fifth at Comerica today against the tigers. But this team has really done an exceptional job at 29 and 19. Uh, when you look at some of the stats from this team, I think uh, it's just been a good contribution across the board. Do you believe in this team to sustain it? They currently have a five-game lead over the White Sox, who are starting to turn a corner. It did struggle a little bit over the weekend, had lost two games in a row before knocking off the uh, Cubs and extras yesterday. Do you still like Minnesota to win this division, or as a better, would you potentially look at the White Sox to come from behind and win this thing? I think last week we talked about, maybe it was with Danny Burke. I was on with him once last week as well. We talked about, I like them for the division. I like some of the futures there. But then Tim Anderson got hurt yesterday. And that's a big loss. And then Eloy had a setback on his rehab assignment too, Eloy Jimenez. So you're talking, this has been a snake bit team. Uh, you know, Yon Moncada's day to day with the, his injury. He's been out a lot this year. The only good news the White Sox got yesterday besides the win was Lance Lynn actually had a good rehab assignment outing. They might be getting him back in a couple of weeks. And that that really helps because this and you know, they cut bait on Dallas Keuchel. He's been so aggressively bad this year uh, that they, they needed to make a replacement there. They need some depth. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I mean, the Twins. They've got a big eight-game week this week. They're playing the Tigers right now. They have a doubleheader against them tomorrow. No Correa in the lineup today. They just put Royce Lewis, their kid uh, that just that just got called up again. He ran into a wall yesterday and has to go on the IL. They're talking about how in a normal week they might not have had to do that. It might only have been a three- to four-day thing, but they couldn't afford to play short this week. Uh, no Max Kepler in the lineup today as well. So they're they're a little shorthanded. Uh, I, you know, you, you, Mike referenced Dylan Bundy, uh, who – I don't, he's not quite in my circle of trust. I didn't pick him up this week for this start. Uh, but I, I do think that that, that might, I think they still need another starting arm. Uh, I think that's maybe their, their short spot. 
they got Smelter going, uh, getting perhaps two starts this week. Sonny Gray might go on the IL. This is a critical stretch. They need to put some distance on the White Sox, who have a worse schedule right now and have all these guys down. But they're starting to show a little leaks, too. And, and Byron Buxton, by the way, guys, has slumped in the last month, too. Yet they're still 20, 10 games over 500. Couple things. First of all, I think Byron Buxton's been slumping for his entire career, but being a first overall pick, I expect a little bit better. But that's just me. By the way, Mike, good news for you. Your guy, Big Daddy Lance Lynn, uh, as Jeff said, on the men looking good. Yeah. Coming in too late, though, to get into the Cy Young race, so that'll <laughs> save me some money this year. <laughs> Jeff, interesting interesting game in Philadelphia, uh, 105 our time as well, 405 local time. Giants and Phillies. Giants really struggled, scuffled in Cincinnati, rallied late to beat the Reds yesterday. Phillies heartbreaking loss after rallying, get swept by the Mets, really on the verge of that division uh, race being out of reach for them. Pretty good pitching matchup. Logan Webb for the Giants today against Kyle Gibson from the University of Missouri. Pretty much a pick em. What are your thoughts on this game? Don't watch the defense. These are the two wor- <laughs> two of the five worst defensive teams in baseball, maybe the two worst. Yesterday, we saw that first inning air for the Phillies. Friday, the Mets tagged up twice on short fly balls to Cassianos. With Harper having to play DH, that means Castellanos, Hoskins, Schwarber, Bohm all have to play the field. This is just avert your eyes. Meanwhile, the Giants in the month of May have the worst ERA in baseball. 587 for the month of May in uh, pitcher ERA, which shocked me a little bit. And a lot of that's defense. Their uh, FIP ERA is more around four, which is still not great. But you, you, you think Giants, you think, okay, good starting pitching. You know, Kapler, Kapler's had them like dialed in last year. They're not playing good defense or pitching well right now, and that's really interesting to see. This is a kind of a critical stretch. Uh, Webb hasn't been his best lately, but I think some of that has to do with the defense. Uh, Phillies, I know that they, they're going to be benching a couple uh, critical players today to get some rest, no real Muto in the lineup. I think I might be tempted to take the under just because of that. Jeff, I want to ask you specifically about the San Diego Padres. In their last 12 games uh, only two games have gone to eight runs or more. Mike has yep. been making a lot of money betting unders on the Padres. These games are so low scoring. How long can this team continue to pitch as well as they have, but have the deficiencies offensively and continue to be right on the heels of the Dodgers only three games back? Because I feel at some point in time, it's got to catch up to you when you can't score. Yeah, well, their home ballpark plays a lot in that in Petco. I think it still it, it used to be the pitcher's ball, uh, park in baseball. They moved the right field walls a couple of years ago to adjust for that, and it's still a pitcher's park, but it's not as extreme as it used to be. But nonetheless, uh, Machado and Hosmer are the only two guys hitting in that lineup, and Hos and Machado missed two games over the weekend. He had quote unquote tennis elbow, had a cortisone shot. He's back into there today, so we'll see if that changes things a little bit. They're just like you said, they're just not hitting. I think they're, you know, they went into San Francisco a couple weeks ago in a nice uh, weekend series there where they hit, but at home, they just don't hit. Um, Yet they're 30 and 17 somehow, despite all of that. uh, I just think that the Dodgers are going to run away from them eventually. You mentioned the Red Sox and uh, not wanting to pitch Blackburn because of Astros and Red Sox. Are the Red Sox starting to get in the groove? They didn't hit with runners in scoring position early, but still had four guys hitting over 300 in the lineup. We saw them run off, what, five or six wins in a row, putting up more runs now. Can the Red Sox get themselves back into the playoff race? Is that a bet worth making, Jeff? It's tough because I think the pitching is short. I think the bullpen is – they don't even have a closer yet, guys. I mean, we're, we're two months into the season. They have nobody with more than two saves. Two. <laughs> I mean, that's that's crazy. Uh, we saw Friday night. They had a six nothing and eight to two lead against Baltimore and lost twelve to eight. They're they're talking about putting Chris Sale in the bullpen when he comes back from the injured list. Uh, meanwhile, they have the best the, the 
in the mat in the month of May, they've had the best offense in baseball. Trevor Story's caught fire. Christian Vasquez is uh, no longer comatose. Uh, <laughs> Enrique Hernandez is hitting pretty well. It's now not just a three-man lineup. It's more like a seven-man lineup. And that's and if you get you know Arroyo chipping in here and there, all of a sudden you, you've got yourself a stew. So uh, I, I like their I like their offense, but man, that pitching's rough. And I think the Jays. I, I think all I think the Rays, Yankees, and Jays are all better teams. So I think it's going to be tough. I, I just unless they spend and add some pitching soon, I think it's too late. Tend to agree with you on your assessment of the Red Sox. I said to Mike, too many teams in front of them to be able to make the move despite what they've done offensively. Uh, I want to stick on a player you just mentioned, one of my favorites, Chris Sale. Mm. The Sailor has always been a great pitcher from April till about, oh, the end of July. And then it always seems like he tapers off in August and September. Now you mentioned coming off injury, potentially looking at a bullpen situation with him. How effective can he be? His numbers last year were a little bit better than I recall. I just looked at him right now, 3.16 ERA. But can he still give you something because... You know, for a long time when the lefty Sailor comes in, boy, he was tough. Yeah, and here's the thing about Sale is we, he's had these setbacks that have been pretty nebulous. The non-baseball injury they talked about that caused him to stop throwing for a couple of weeks and it's pushed him back. You know, even back in spring training, we didn't realize how long he was going to be out. And this is coming off of a season where he was coming back from a shoulder problem, too. So I don't know what version of Chris Sale we have anymore. Uh, and I think that's why they're talking also about a bullpen uh, role, because they don't have to stretch him out as far. And, I mean, they have this bleeding, glaring need that allows them to keep, keep Garrett Whitlock in the rotation, which I think they'd prefer to do. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'd like to see him as a max effort guy, go two, three innings. And then and I think that might work out maybe more than just one inning, not just as a closer, but multiple inning guy. Jeff, real quick. We got about 45 seconds. I bet Joe Musgrove for Cy Young before the season started at 50 to one so far, you know, no real missteps, but does he have enough to be healthy the whole year, it's and it's tough without that real good fastball. But he seems to, you know, find a way to miss a few bats and get people to hit him at him. Yeah, uh, a common theme we've talked about in this show is uh, how they don't have Jace Tingler messing up, up <laughs> messing up this uh, staff anymore. Uh, I think he's managed a lot better now. I think the bulk he's stretched out a little bit longer. Bob Melvin does a good job with that, and thus the bullpen's not super tech, so they're not blowing as many leads. I, I think you know, of course, uh, getting the offense for him is the big issue. Getting some wins. Jeff, thanks for the time again. I hope you and your family enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Terrific. Always great insight. And by the way, your Padres team, good underbetting team. They can only score in one out of three innings. <laughs> when we come back, our place. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet Rivers is your home for betting on the French Open. Log in any day of the French Open to receive a 20% profit boost that you can use on any live in play bet on the French Open. The top half of the men's draw is loaded and it's shaping up to be an amazing Grand Slam event. Get your free profit boost today and every day at betrivers.com or on the Bet Rivers app. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw recapping the weekend. I want to start. I don't want to forget about yeah. the Champions Final. What a match it was in Paris. Unrest outside the stadiums. The Liverpool fans couldn't get in fast enough. They, they delayed the match 30 minutes. They were chanting, we don't have tickets. We don't care. Pep has no hair. I mean, it was <laughs> quite a scene. But Thibaut Courtois, the story to me of the entire match. Save after save after save. 
Yeah, not a big Thibaut Courtois guy, but when it comes to talent, there's no denying he's, you know, if not 1A, 1B right mm-hmm. there, he's the best goaltender in the world. He had a save on Sadio Mane early on that was tremendous. Gets his uh, right hand on it, ball goes off the post, almost off his back. Deflected and in, it and yeah. not just enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the save he had on Mo Salah mm-hmm. late in the match. I tell you right now, Salah scores on that goal 9 out of 10 times on that shot. There was a save he had on Salah where it didn't look that difficult, but Salah actually was going to chip it in right inside yeah. the post, and he got he got over there just in time to knock it away. Kept him in the game, and then they have a beautiful goal with the pass to Vinny Jr., and it's uh, Carlo Ancelotti and Real Madrid lifting the cup for the 13th time. It's really unbelievable, <laughs> but I'll tell you, to me, when you look back on it, if you're, if you're a fan of the Reds, it's disappointing. Look at the shot attempts. I mean, Liverpool was just in attack mode. The, the season is disappointing. The season they yeah, had, actually is. and they come away with two minor cups in England. Yeah, Carabao Cup and the FA, FA Cup. I mean, but, you know, you're right there on the cusp if um, Stevie... Well, G- here we go. Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard. He's still one of my all-time favorite players, but man, you cannot blow a two-goal lead at home. Come on. What are you doing? And, and then, you know, Mike, if you just look at the shots... In comparison between Liverpool and Real Madrid, you're, you're thinking there is no chance. You think the score was 4 nothing? Absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, disappointing for Klopp's team. I, I also thought, though, that Liverpool did not try to get forward enough in the late, like the 75th minute mark. They still played the game like they were in the first half down one nothing. I didn't think they were aggressive enough. I, I thought they were taking some chances yeah. there, um, but I, I thought early on, I'm just surprised with their talent. You know, look. So Christopher came on the show and he thought Real had a great chance and he was right. But give Real Madrid a ton of credit. They beat PSG, right? Yes, they did. They, be, they come Wait, back against... Oh, let's, sorry, just, let's just chronicle this. At the 60-minute mark of leg two, they're down 2 nothing to PSG. Wow. They're down to Chelsea after having given up the lead when they went to Chelsea and had a two-goal margin. Down to Chelsea in the 75th minute of the second half. They're down two goals to Man City in the 89th minute. And they beat Liverpool 1-0 in the final. i got to tell you, this is one of the greatest Champions League runs of all time, if not the greatest. And the clubs that they've beaten to get there, uh, PSG, mm-hmm. Mbappe, Messi, uh, Neymar, Chelsea, former Champions League uh, title defending holder last champions. year, defending champion last year. Uh, you look at uh, Manchester City, Arguably the best club team in the world. They just haven't been able to get it through in Champions League. They're down two goals. Or down a goal. And then against one of the two or three best teams in Liverpool. Well, you could argue they beat the three best teams in the world and the defending champion in their last four matches, right? And it, it wasn't just... You put just, PSG in the top yeah, three. Absolutely. I mean, it was just amazing what they were able to do. All right. Uh, and, and hats off to the French jurist, Clement Turpin. <laughs> Keep it word. in your pocket, Clement. I wish he was refereeing these NHL playoff games. Um, I know we're going to get into the plays in a second. You had a great bet on the cards. Yeah. And, you know, you you did a great job researching and figuring that out. Nothing in con- uh, question there. The bigger thing, though, and you and I were talking about this off air, the respect both teams have. You're talking about elite-level players across both the board. Both coaches, both players, and yeah. both clubs have uh, for each other. No Through question. the years, they've played many, many times. No question about it. And you look at, and you and I were talking about this. If you take Liverpool, Real Madrid, you can build a great international team if you can go play in the World Cup. I mean, it's unbelievable the talent both teams have. Yeah. A lot of movement will happen, too, on the international level. 
uh, with some of the top players leaving their teams in Europe, including what will happen at PSG and then Lewandowski out at Bayern Munich. Real quick, did you hear the story out of Valencia for Anil Murti, their uh, president? No. He got fired, he got fired because he uh, criticized, I forgot who was in the transfer market. He was going to be critical if he transferred. And then he said the owner is a fan, doesn't know what he's doing. And was on recording. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, do you have any plays for us tonight? I do. Uh, let's start out. We've got two plays. Uh, let's start with the French Open. Novak against Rafa. I'm not thrilled about the price, but I'm going to take Novak at minus 210. Remember, he beat him last year. Rafael Nadal, Mike, has lost three matches in his career at the French Open. Robin Soderling, uh, Novak Djokovic twice. The Joker knows now that if he can win this match and take out Alcaraz, he's going to win this title. Because now that Tsitsipas is gone, I don't think much of a challenge remains on the other side, with all due respect to Zavera. I like the Joker there at minus 210. And then Rangers, Hurricanes, I paid a steeper price, but MGM had an uh, alternate number, Mike, under six at 190. I figure why lay five and a half at minus 145 or 150? I'd rather get a potential push number to get my money back if we wind up with a 4-2 final or somewhere in that range, 5-1, which I doubt. But I'm surprised that price isn't higher. That's exactly what I thought. Mm -hmm. I said, how can you be this low at 190 when the game at five and a half is 145 or 150, right. depending where you get the number? I'll pay the extra 40 cent juice to get a potential push number there to protect my uh, bet there. Yeah, I would have thought that number would have been 220 or so. I actually thought it was going to be about 250 or so. Yeah. I like your bet. I like your bet. All right. Uh, so for me in the playbook, I am going to hedge my Rangers to win the cup with a four-unit play. So I'm laying $6 to win $4 in simple terms. Um, if I lose, I lose six, and now I'm invested nine on the Rangers, right, to win to win 78 Yeah, I, at I, that point. Let me ask you, forget your play okay. tonight. All right. Who do you believe is going to win this game? I don't know if you gave your opinion. No, I, I believe, well, I believe that Carolina will win the game. Any score prediction? I'm not saying to be exact. I'm just the reason why I ask is because three one. You, I just to me, I think the Rangers in, in four of the six games have been the better team, and if they stay out of the box, and I believe we'll have t we'll have far fewer whistles. Look, there's two things that are going to get you to the box tonight: a tripping call that's obvious, mm -hmm. and then the high stick. Well, oh, this high uh, stick is ridiculous. Oh a guy's my. falling down behind you, and you have your stick. If it hits his face, they call a penalty on you. It's it's bad. These aren't high sticks. They're just any sticks. They should just call it two minutes for a stick. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Got to stay out of the box tonight. Yeah. By the way, the one play that I looked at that I thought was pretty interesting, a tie at the end of regulation was plus 320. I, I think there's a possibility. There's definitely tonight. a possibility yeah. of that, especially if you can get in any time in the third period that game tied. These Ooh. teams are not going to be taking chances. I'm surprised you didn't come with a first period under one and a half. I, I can't. Thought you the might. price is ridiculous. What was it? 150. Oh, no, no. No, I won't do it. Yeah. I'd rather play the... I'd rather just play the first 10, no goal, plus 110, than lay 150, one and a half. Any concerns at all in this game? Because I've got the under, and I thought about a little bit that this the game just, net? No, 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 no. That this just becomes a high-scoring game? No, yeah. I don't think I don't, this don't. I don't think so. Okay. These two teams don't score that much five on five. <laughs> you know, if true. it's a penalty fest, then it's But who wants to be the story in game seven with a lot of whistles? Yeah. Uh, you know, all eyes are on Raleigh. Uh, and then I'm going to take the Rays. Uh, going to Texas night, Rasmussen's been terrific. Uh, gives up one or two runs in every start but one. And, uh, you know, that, if you like baseball, even though the optics of looking at that field at the Trop are awful, you know, the, the visual of it yeah. and the colors, that was a heck of a series to watch all, all weekend long between the Yankees and the Rays. Tremendous series. Uh, and uh, I expect to see more of that as we go down the stretch this year. By the way, real quick, can we talk about the Dodgers? I know, sure. th I know they beat the Diamondbacks. In That's eight, eight this year. Eight no this year. 33 and 14. 
And, you know, they're like, well, they got off to a little bit of a slow start. They just keep cooking. I mean, this team just is absolutely. I said they're going to win 105 games this year. And they got one pitcher. And you don't even think he's that good. Bueller. I'm just he, saying they're doing it with Anderson and Gonsolin and, and, and Urias hasn't been that good. And, and you know. Mookie's playing like Mookie now. And Freddie Freeman is a constant threat. I mean, when do you walk Freddie Freeman to get to a batting champion? When will Trey, if Trey Turner wakes up, how about that? You know what concerns me about them in a playoff series? They got some holes in the defense. Lux I, is I, bad wherever you put him. I would agree with you. You know what I mean? I think one of my criticisms of the Dodgers is they move around so many parts yeah. that guys don't necessarily develop at a natural position. I would agree with that as well. Um, want to get your take on one game tonight that uh, that we hadn't talked about yet, and it's it's the Orioles at the Red Sox to finish off this wraparound series. Wells has pitched decently, and it's Richie Hill. And I know Richie Hill, you know, he finally burned out in the fifth at the, at, at the cellular one against the White Sox. I just think when you can get a dollar forty-five or a dollar fifty, you got to try to fade Richie Hill in these games because it's going to, you know, to Jeff's point, they don't have a they don't have a closer, they don't have much of a bullpen, and you know, you're only going to get four or five out of Richie Hill at best. You're absolutely right. And by the way, speaking of which, how about that uh, collapse the other day by the Red Sox on that was uh, unbelievable against the, the Orioles. Yeah. Twice they collect. That was a high-scoring series there. Some, some interesting games. The Orioles hit the ball, even though they don't got a lot of big names in their lineup. They hit the ball all weekend at, at Boston. Five-game series concludes today. Yeah, it's, in, it's interesting. All right, we hope everybody enjoys their Memorial Day. Plenty of action on the diamond tonight and a huge Game 7 in Raleigh. Yeah, I just want to say thank you to everybody out there who's uh, service, uh, served this country in service and family members who have sacrificed from people that did not make it back home. Up next... Stay tuned, betting across America.